0: Hey, it's kind of fun being in this hall. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to stay in this hall because we've got to grow. We've got people. We've got a city to reach. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Not good enough. We've got a city to reach. We've got to grow. Can someone say amen? Amen. But just for a week or two, it's kind of nice squeezing in here. It feels like we're condensing our flavor and tasting ourselves, you know. And that's brilliant. And uh, listen, we just praise God for what God's done in the lives of all these young people over this week, and it was a joy. Like I said, I realised that my legs don't do what they used to do, as, 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 as strong as they used to, but that's okay. And uh, seriously, Paula was out of control at some times. I just want to, you know, I don't want to shame her, I just want to say, we had to keep pulling her from being one of the children there. to to being one of the leaders. And, um, you know, the dance party was one thing, but when she violently attacked me on the tribal field, the tribal wars field with a water gun, and just kept on coming saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then I'd stand there in the back of my head. I'm like, yeah, that's the kind of repentance we've all given God at one point (laughs) or another. You know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then squirts him in the back of the head again. But yeah, we're no, seriously... It was brilliant, Paula. I I, I mean, you scared me at points uh, there. But no, it was great. We had an incredible time, didn't we? But you know, the funny thing was, I also saw Paula then in meetings, in the depth of seeing children set free by prayer. Let's never be a church that's scared of having fun, but also a church that can just, in the very next moment, just bring God into a person's life, you know? That's what stops us becoming religious, eh? Listen, it's a joy. <clears throat> we haven't got much time left today. And I'm cool with that because I wanted to hear the young people. I just wanted to hear it. Weren't you blessed? You know. Did you hear? Did you hear Preacher Troy? Preacher Troy. Come on. How are you doing today, church? I mean, come on. And each of those testimonies, just real, honest. I'm loving that. Come on, let's do that more often, hey? You know, what we saw over youth camp was so special, it was so, it's amazing, we've done these, I've been kind of involved in different youth camps for about 30 years now and uh, never ceases to amaze me that when all the young people come, they're like, yeah, all right, we're here. And there's a lot of stuff that matters that don't matter, if you know what I mean. But then God starts moving, God starts moving. And then you look out at the last night, and like you said, it's five, five days, four nights, and you look out and... These kids are just worshipping God, not singing along, just worshipping God. And I want to encourage your parents, God did a lot of work in the kids over this last, and I'm talking to myself because I had two kids there, and one, one was there as a leader, but two of my kids there. I want to encourage you. We saw God do some incredible things. Some of the incredible things he did was he uncomplicated your children's lives. He uncomplicated your children's lives. Help them to not let their lives get complicated again. One of the most beautiful things I saw happening with some of the young ladies was I watched them get their childhood back. The world had been trying to take it, making them older than what they should be. Stealing their youthfulness. And one of the biggest miracles I saw when I stood back was one night was God bringing childhood back to the children. And youthfulness back to the young people that the world had stolen. I want to encourage your parents. Help your kids to be the kids God made them to be. Help your young people to enjoy being young people and not get involved with some of the stuff that isn't for them now. Be the champion of God in the home like your youth leaders were there. The other thing that I saw over the week was really new beginnings. Aren't you thankful to God for new beginnings? Yeah. I saw young people that were coming, just like we all do, and saying, I've messed up. I've, I've blown it. I've lost my walk with God. Just really real, raw, and honest. And then them coming to God and just saying, God, can I have a fresh beginning? Please, can you clear the ground of my life? I need a fresh start. How many people know they didn't have to ask God twice and even before they'd finished praying? God said, here's the new beginning. You see, God's the God of new beginnings. And we've been sharing over the last couple of weeks a, a series, and if you missed it, you can catch up with it online, on foundation stones, key, foundsta- key foundations in our life, like understanding grace, understanding righteousness. Last week I spoke about understanding justification and had so much good feedback from people going, I'd forgotten that Christ has justified me, not the law or my works." just good stuff solar feeder faith alone and we're going to carry on with that series next week i'm going to talk a little bit about faith next week and how it just joins everything together but today i want to just say actually before god starts giving us foundations the first thing that he does for a person is he clears the ground he clears the ground because if the ground is contaminated what's the point of putting good foundations on contaminated ground because the contaminated ground could affect the good foundations and you're not going to build much. And the story of Christianity or new birth starts with each and every one of us coming before God saying, God, will you clear the ground? Will you give me a new beginning, a fresh start? Like I said, I'm not going to preach long today. I just want to get you to turn your Bibles if you've got them to 2 Corinthians. And these are some of my favourite verses. Chapter 5, 2 Corinthians. Because it speaks of God... Giving us a fresh start. Did you hear it in our songs today? From death to life. He turns graves into gardens. Whatever statement we use, the announcement's the same. God isn't repairing you, God isn't patching you up. He's giving you a brand new beginning. Like there wasn't a storyline before it. Only God can do that, and we're we'll looking a moment on how He does it. But uh, hey, that was my notes, so let's just kick them out of the way and we'll shave off about another five minutes, all right? There was only about three words or so written on there anyway, there not many on there. Now it says in verse 16 of, of chapter 5, uh, it says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Now that's okay. Applying that to other people. But we've got to apply that to ourselves. The moment we encounter Christ. And ask him for a new beginning. That he would save us. We need to understand that from that moment. The worst thing we can do. Is know ourselves by who we were before. The best thing we can do. Is begin to agree with God. That everything just got made new. Everything got made fresh. It's as though once we regarded Christ in that way. We don't any longer. And then here comes this. This anthem, this clarion call in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And all this is from God who's reconciled us to himself through Christ. The old has gone and the new has come. You see, before God begins to build anything in our lives, whether structure or foundation, he clears the ground. Anything that we did wrong, any unbelief, any sinning, any filthy thing we thought, did, he clears the ground. And from that moment, we've got to begin to relate to God from a position of brand new, even if our feelings don't feel it. Because truth supersedes feeling And even fact. And the truth is that Jesus Christ, in the moment a person hands him their life, he makes them brand new. He uncontaminates the ground of their life. And he says, let's now begin to build something that's never been in existence before. A you that's never been in existence before. This is a keystone truth again because the amount of time I spend time just talking with Christians that just never got this and so they feel an obligation to their previous experience of life when there's no obligation to a previous experience of life. Why? Because the Bible announces the way that God gave you a new beginning was through death. How many people know that sadly death separates things? And it was death that God chose to separate you from who you used to be so that you can be who he's called you to be today. This is what the young people were stepping into this week. They were realizing, God's not going to accuse me. God's not going to stand there blaming me. God's not going to bring up my past. God's not going to bring up the things where I blew it or didn't get it right. Because behold, before him, he has made all things new. So, listen, the strategy of the devil is to keep you in remembrance of who you used to be. The gift of God is to be reminding you that you're not that person and he doesn't relate to you that, as that person anymore. Why? Because he brought you through a death that separated you so that you could be his. You know, if you put me on a desert island and said one book, you'll be glad to know I won't say lord of the rings or harry potter i say give me my bible give me my bible all right you can't have a whole book you can have just a book of a book you give me romans now if you'd leave first john i'd be kind of thankful but if i can't have first john just leave me in the book of romans all right we're going to be a little bit meaner you can't have the whole book of romans one chapter give me chapter six because if i get chapter six i'm going to be i'm going to be absolutely fine Because in chapter 6 is the revelation that the death I needed to become brand new didn't need to be provided by me. It was provided by him in what he did on his son on the cross. The reason that you are a new creation if you've believed in Christ today isn't that you've provided a death. Because even if you provided a death it wouldn't be good enough. Because the problem with crucifying yourself is you're always left with one hand that was putting the other nails in. You can't fully die when you crucify yourself. That's why, you see, the cross is just this incredible story of God looking at us and saying, the only way I can make you brand new is to provide for you a death so that you can lose who you were and step into who I've called you to be. And so God provided the death, which was Jesus on the cross. You see, the message of the cross isn't the crucifixion of Christ alone. It's your crucifixion also. And what I'm looking at today is just simply, may we understand, Holy Spirit, that we were co-crucified with Christ, that we were co-buried with Christ, so that any old ground was dealt with completely, without any obligation, so that we could, here's the good bit, co-rise with him too. And I don't want to take time I shouldn't, because the book of Romans chapter 6 is there for you to go back and study as homework this week. But I want to tell you the essence of Romans 6 is simply this. Do you not know that your old man, your old person, has been co-crucified with Christ? It's no longer you, former you, who lives, but now Christ that lives in you. And this life we live, we live to glorify him. You see, when we look at Jesus on the cross, we've got to look at ourselves with him on the cross. Because he never took the sin, he took the sinner. Because if he took the sin, the sinner would keep on producing sin. But if he took the factory and shut it down, sin would be finalised, its obligation completed. And I love it when you read on through Romans 6, Romans 7. You get into Romans 7 and Paul says, Okay, let's put this whole death thing in another scenario that you may understand. Let's consider a man and a wife. Let's consider that a woman is married to a man who's abusive, he's horrible... But under the law of the time, the woman was under that man, joined to that man, obligated to that man, as long as he or she was alive. But then in Romans 7, Paul says, but the moment one of them dies, the other is no longer under obligation and is free to marry another outside of being accused of adultery. Now this is awesome. Why is Paul teaching this after Romans 6? Because he's saying, don't you know that I provided you the death to be separated to the one who once owned you, which was the devil, so that you could be entirely free, not to be free, but to belong to another, Jesus Christ. He set you free to be his. He set you free to be his. Isn't that incredible? He set you free to be his. So when you read Romans 6, it's an incredible chapter. Please, if you get time this week, read it. It basically says, the problem with a lot of believers is they don't know. They know in their heads, but they don't know in what my mum used to call in their knower. She says, when you know in your Noah, your life's changed. When you know in your head, you'll keep it going for a week. But when you know in your knower, it's done. A lot of Christians don't know in their Noah that they have died in Christ. The reason they don't know is they don't understand another key word called identification. God doesn't want you to provide the death. He provided the death for you to identify with. When you identify with the death he provided, it becomes your death too. But also when you identify with the burial he provided, it becomes your burial too. So that you can also identify with the resurrection and don't stay dead. Some Christians look like they didn't get past part two. But the purpose of part one and part two is part three, that you rise to newness of life. Okay, what's a picture of this? Water baptism. I'd love to preach today on water baptism, but time's ticking and we've got a water baptism... ...this afternoon and I want to encourage you... ...if you've never been baptised in water... And, ...or didn't know what you were doing... ...when you got baptised in water... ...get your name on the list... ...rush the Stuart after this meeting... ...and say I will be at that beach... ...at 2.30 this afternoon... ...because I want to go through the waters of baptism... ...because it represents... ...and it's a spiritual thing that announces... ...I'm an old person that goes into the water... ...the old person stays in the water... But when the water breaks over my face as I arise, a new person steps out that's never been before, free from the person that once was because he's dead and he's buried. Me, I'm alive in Christ. That's what border baptisms about. So if you've never been baptised in water, get your name on the list. Get down there at 2.30. Don't worry if you haven't got a sandwich. Carla will give you a sandwich. I just got you into trouble. But just, I don't think you'll want one. I don't think you'll want one. We've got to grasp this in our hearts. God is not trying to repair you. Don't you love it when people preach fluffy gospels? He loves you and, and, and what he did in the cross. No, he wants to kill you. He wants to murder you. He wants to totally remove everything you once were so that you can become everything you were always meant to be. But you see religion approaches this by trying to repair. Oh, the bike's got rust. Let's try and cover the rust. No, let's do something that makes the bike rust free. Oh, oh, that person's got a sickness. Let's put a plaster on it. No because the sickness is still under the plaster. God's not like religion, he steps in, he says let's completely scrap this old life so that the person living in it can be completely free and be the most excited person about being free because they realise that through death they're no longer under the control under the obligation of their former husband, Satan, they're now free to be completely married to their new lover, the new husband in their life, Jesus Christ. They're free to be his because they've been legally and vitally released from any obligation. What provided that legal freedom? Death. That's why we've got to understand but death isn't a bad thing in the context of the new creation. It's a terrible thing in other contexts. Terrible! But not when it comes to our spirituality, you see. Because, again, I've met a lot of Christians, and it's like watching an episode of one of those crazy programs like The Walking Dead. They're like zombies. Oh. I don't know. What, what's wrong with you? The problem is that like a fictional zombies, and zombies aren't true, children, <laughs> is they're not fully alive because they're not fully dead, and they're not fully dead because they're still, you've got to have the end of an old, you've got to have a death that's a corridor into what God wants you to know, which is new life in Jesus, fresh start, forgiveness, power of addiction broken off of your life. Depression broken off of your life. Any generational curse that was handed down by your parents or your grandparents or your great-great-grandparents. Everything that had a claim on you stays at the bottom of the water at Eastney beach or wherever you were water baptized in that moment when you said, God, make me that new creation. You know, I love it when they go in under the water. I love that bit. Love that bit. I was thinking today about cruising along on my paddleboard, standing up to watch, but I thought, I'll fall off and everybody will laugh, you know. Because the paddleboarder I see in my mind isn't the one that stands on the paddleboard. You know, I see myself like do 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 do, but me, splash, splash, splash. So I think I won't try that. But if I did, it would be to get a bit better view. Oh, I want to see them when they go under. Imagine how spooky that would be. You come up and I'm staring at you from a paddle board. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't forget your water baptism. It will visit you in your dreams for many years to come. But I love that moment where, you know, I know I could get a drone. Some of like, Andy, it's a lot of them just get a drone. Okay, all right. But that moment when they go under, oh, if only they fully knew. That moment when they come out, and I love it, that moment. See, the waters are meant to represent the grave. It's a clinically nicer way of doing it, but no less powerful. But yeah, some people I think, they're just not getting this. I've been tempted, I've never done it. I've been tempted sometimes when people don't understand the new life and new creation that God provides to say, would you come with me to Buckland Park and just stand there, dig a six foot hole, give them a bit of string, chuck them in, put the earth back in and say, tug the string when you understand what's happening. Come on, just because we weren't buried in earth, the water represents not something that harms us, but something that blesses us. Not something that makes us captive, but something that sets us free. So, again, today, time's gone. I'm going to let these guys, what are we going to go? Graves in the gardens or anything? I'm going to leave a choice with you, all right? You guys made brilliant choices all week. Let's just, we're on a roll, right? Have you called it in your heart? God's not trying to repair you. He's trying to help you agree with him. But the old you is gone. Stop living like you're who you used to be. And let the new you stand up. A new you who's no longer a slave to sin. A new you that no longer has sin as a master, a new you that has no obligation to the devil or any of his plans, a new you that belongs completely, utterly, totally, now to him. If anyone comes to salvation through faith alone in Christ, In that very millisecond, they become a brand new creation, someone that's never been before. In that very second, old is gone, and new has come. And from that very moment, we no longer see in the mirror, the mirror of our memories, the mirror of people's opinion who we used to be, because Jesus made the ground of our life brand new, so that he could build something on it that couldn't be ruined, decayed, contaminated, or destroyed. I'm so thankful that I'm not a religious patch-up job. I'm a brand new man. Why? Because when I believed in Jesus, He walked with me through identification, through the corridor of the death he provided into the resurrection life, not in the life to come called heaven or eternity, but right here, right now, I am not who I used to be, so I have no obligation to act like that man. You wouldn't have liked him. I didn't like him. I'm so glad he is no more. Isn't it interesting in that terminology that Paul uses in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, if anyone places faith in Christ, old things have passed away. The only time we would ever use that terminology, passed away, is relative to a person dying. God is looking at you today saying, when you're saying, oh, I used to, he said, I don't know what you're talking about. Because it's put him, he says in his word, he's put it behind him in the sea of forgetfulness that has no bottom. Just keeps on being forgotten. But God loves it when we stand up, even when we haven't got it right. Even when we didn't fulfill all the things we think we need to do to make ourselves nice Christian. We stand before him and we say, through justification, you've made me righteous. And I stand before you today as a person that's innocent. That's done nothing wrong. I'm blameless in your sight. And my confidence in making that statement is that in Christ, you took away who I was and made me brand new. Hey, I'm just going to lead us into prayer now and just give anyone here an opportunity. If you've never given your life to Jesus, hey, we're getting so many visitors coming. Thank you to the visitors that have come and visited today. And, 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 and for the church guys, family church guys that are bringing your friends and the family that's why we can't stay in this room even though it's cosy. We've got a sports hall to fill and then fill again. We need uh, eight meetings a day and God will give us Fratton Park or something crazy like that. Come on, let's just begin to believe big, all right? What's the game of football anyway? Praise is more exciting. Just lost some people in that moment. I just sense I lost some people. We'll let them use it on Saturdays. How's that? Okay, just, just love me, all right? I'm doing my best. Come on, wouldn't it be awesome to have the biggest building in the city? Not as some temple that people visit with stones, in it, but a place of worship, a place of training. Come on, let's get our... I said to the kids this week, turn your... I said, I've discovered a part of a person's body that the doctors haven't found yet. It's called your expector. And it's located somewhere near your heart. And you have the opportunity to turn your expector to chapter 1. Or, or level one or level ten. Get your expector on level ten. God's going to be doing something. September, October, November, December. God's about to do something powerful. We need to get back in that sports hall, and make room for people. Amen, amen. Brilliant. Okay, you guys keep making me preach again. I, I keep, I keep bringing it into. And then Bampton's there is like, more. Give me more. All right, all right, all right. Give me, you, no, I'm going to turn. Okay. If you're here today, and you've never given your life to Jesus this is the day you could give your life to Jesus today and be at the beach at 2.30 and fully hooked up by 6 o'clock why not? I promise I won't take the paddle board that was just a joke maybe you're here today and you've never actually like some of the young people said yeah went through the motions never knew him but today something's hit you And you say, I need to bring everything I am before him. And if that means I need to go through the waters of baptism, this time knowing what I did before, I'll do it again. But I I want no turning back in my life. So if you've never known Jesus or you've been away from Jesus, no one's threatening you today. There's this incredible invitation. Wouldn't you like a new beginning? Wouldn't you love a fresh start? Wouldn't you love to be able to stand before God tomorrow in prayer as if you'd never done any of the things you have done? Well, he made a way for you to do that through his son. Can we just pray this prayer to- together today? Thank you, Father, Thank you, Father, that you created the opportunity for me to become brand new through faith in Jesus Christ. I place faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. Forgive my sins. Cause me in this moment to be born again. Born afresh. Born from above. I leave who I was to become who you made me to be. Thank you for sins forgiven. forgiven. Here's to the rest of my life.